0: Welcome to Sheepdog Nation podcast, the only place on the internet where law enforcement and their families can come to be understood, supported, and stood up for. Here's your host, the always entertaining, down-to-earth, yet-in-your-face truth speaker and Leo herself, Autumn Schmidt. What is
1: up, Sheepdog Nation? Welcome to another episode of Sheepdog Nation with your host, me, Autumn Schmidt. I'm really excited to have you here today. We have a kick ass interview um we are actually interviewing a female officer she works um out in michigan i'm really excited you may know her on social media she has a quite a large um instagram following her name is officer rose gold and if you are not following her on instagram you need to so officer rose gold and um and her first name is ashley and ashley i'm so excited to have you here can you tell us a little bit about yourself
0: yeah so first of all thank you for having me um i have been with my police department which is detroit for about two years now um as you can see if you do follow my instagram you can see that i also do my artist work i specialize in taxidermy bone maceration and i also have a basically a zoo at my house of animals that i rescue (laughs) i uh i started plucking them off the streets
1: (laughs) that's cool that's cool that's awesome. Um, so you've been on the job for two years. So tell, can you tell us a little bit about that? Like, What's been your experience um, as a cop?
0: Yeah, so I mainly joined Detroit Police Department because, as you guys can see, I have a lot of visible tattoos. Um, I actually lived in Virginia for a couple years before and tried to do it out there, but they're a little bit more strict. So when I came back here to do uh, police work in Detroit, I knew what I was getting into. I knew how hard it was going to be and I knew the kind of respect that people gave the Detroit officers. So I was like, yeah, I'm going to do it. Uh, You know, I got that alpha female complex. I'm like, yeah, if I can do it, everyone can do it. Mm -hmm. So since I've been on, I have learned more than I think most officers in the suburban areas, not to bash them or anything, but we'll see or kind of experience in a couple years. Mm -hmm. i yeah, I feel like I'm a seasoned vet and I'm not.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, but like, so tell us about that. Like, tell us, tell us what makes you feel like that. Is it the calls for service? It's what, what you see? It's.
0: Yeah. So usually when we're like in the academy or even when we talk about Detroit officers and stuff, they always say it's a really good place to start your career. I mean, obviously nobody wants to leave the department. We kind of want you to stay, but um, it's definitely a great experience just because of what you get to see. So it's not always good. But it's a lot, so I have probably dealt with more homicides than what most people will ever see in their whole career. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not a positive thing, but however, it's a realistic aspect of the city. Uh, We have a lot of shootings, a lot of gang-related shootings. We have a lot of child abuse cases um, and domestic violence right now is kind of our center of what we're trying to minimize and work with. We actually just upgraded those to priority one calls So those are the ones that we respond to, you know, right away. I think you guys have the same system, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. So we upgraded all that stuff to priority one. So we deal with it right away. And I never thought we had this much going on, but we do. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But at the same time, we have so much positive stuff that's been happening. Um, Have you heard about our green light program?
1: I don't think so. Tell us.
0: So the city decided to basically expand the um, security beyond just policing. Um, Downtown in our center, like central area, kind of like the business district, we have a lot of cameras everywhere. We we monitor things. Um, We make sure the streets are safe. And we started branching that out into other areas to help with the crime. And it has honestly been one of the best tools, especially for us officers, because I get to review that footage if I need it. Mm -hmm. And we're being monitored by other cops while we're there. So it's kind of like a backup without a backup. Mm -hmm. But a lot of the gas stations, the party stores and stuff like that, they now have the green lights. It's like a flashing green light in the building and they have the cameras and it's real life viewing and people are constantly monitoring their businesses. So if something goes astray or crazy, we're there right away. And then we know that we're being watched or if, like, let's say we had a shooting. Actually, we did have one. That was in the news quite a, I think, like, over a year ago. Mm -hmm. It was, like, the girl that was dressed up like the cowgirl or whatever. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And she was shooting at a car. And um, because of our green lights and the HD and everything, we were able to figure out who she was and get her. That's awesome. Yeah. That's
1: that's cool. That's awesome. So Mm
0: -hmm.
1: can you tell me, just, I'm, like, super curious, like, what's your, what's your guys' academy like?
0: Oh, my gosh. It's so hard.
1: (laughs) yeah
0: as soon as you bring it up i have ptsd of like the running (laughs) (laughs) so every class is different um my class was notorious for running uh i think i did more running at the academy than i ever have in my entire life i can honestly say that Mm
1: -hmm.
0: (laughs) so basically the academy is anywhere from like four and a half to seven and a half months it all kind of depends on your class Mm -hmm. um and how fast you're able to get the stuff done or if your class needs more time. So when I first started it was brutal. Um, I feel like my class demographics was so different than all the other ones I was seeing because when I started they were going through their like mass hiring phase Mm -hmm. and there was like six other classes and each class has like 30 something people in it or Mm -hmm. 50 depending on how big. So you got Mm -hmm. like hundreds of people that kind of, like, looked the same, like, age range. Um, A lot of males, a couple females in each class. And then you had, like, my class, which had, like, I had someone who was, like, 50 years old. I had, you know, 18-year-olds. Because you can be 18 and be a cop in Detroit. You know, we had people just graduated high school. Then you got people like me with tattoos. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And we were, like, a misfit class. And I swear, we would get in trouble all the time. So you want to talk about being fit. That's Mm -hmm. the way to do it. But yeah, it was definitely a really good training. We trained like the SWAT. That's um, mm-hmm. not really called SWAT for us, but that's what I call it. Yeah. yeah. Um, the SRT and all that.
1: That's uh, what we like call an SRT.
0: Yeah. I kind of just brought them all under that. And then, uh, yeah, we did a lot of like uh, real life type of training. I mean, they started remodeling the academy when I was there. So we practiced like entering houses and all that other stuff. We practiced the shooting at the shooting range. Um, The driving was fun. Oh my gosh, that was so much fun.
1: You like that? Oh man, that was my worst. My favorite was, yeah, my favorite was defensive tactics. My worst ever was driving. I just, damn, the serpentine kicked my ass. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Wait, which one is, what is it called when you go backwards through the cones? Oh, well, that's
1: the reverse serpentine. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So I had to do that in the old Crown Vic, which we don't even drive anymore. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Me too.
0: (laughs) I had, the sergeant in my seat and the instructor and i was like i'm really short i'm only five five so i'm like trying really hard to look through the back window and hold the wheel and turn it and the wheel slipped out of my hand and i did like a full like 360 with the car and the sergeant was screaming the whole time the car spun
1: that is funny
0: (laughs) yep i thought i was gonna crash
1: oh yeah yeah that that sounded a lot like me actually Now now, do you do you did you guys did you, did you live there? Is the academy like live in, or is it like college atmosphere? Like, how was that?
0: No, so a couple years ago, it used to be you have to live in the city to work for the city, um, and then a lot of people were like, "That's a bad idea," and I'm like, "Yeah, no shit," uh, the city is really only livable, like, in the business districts. So I think they kind of realize that. I mean, there's still beautiful parts of the city, like, in the outskirts. Mm-hmm. But there's just so much, like, crap that they're trying to fix right now. Mm-hmm. It's just best to stay out of it, especially if you work for it.
1: Yeah, I find that, too. I definitely don't like living in the city that I patrol. Because then how do you turn off? You know what I mean? Exactly.
0: I- Or if you get filed home or, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. We have so many, like, drive-bys and shootings. Like, that's the last thing you need is your house getting shot up.
1: Yeah, no kidding.
0: Because someone knows you're a cop. I mean, we just had a firefighter's home get broken into and they murdered him.
1: Are you serious?
0: We did, yeah. We did. Oh, uh... my gosh. Yeah. I know. It feels like I'm talking about, like, so much bad because I just want people to know it's really not, like, bad, bad. But the (sighs) realistic views uh, from a cop standpoint is it is.
1: Well, that's what we're looking for, yeah. Yeah, that's kind absolutely. of the point
0: I'm giving here, but um, so anyway, the so the academy I actually tried to join in 2014 and they told me no, <laughs> I don't know why. Still to this day, I don't know why. I need to call someone about that. <laughs> <And> <laughs> I tried applying again and they were like, I had to fight my way in. They're like, Why did you have so many jobs? I'm like, Because I'm a teen, I didn't, I don't mm-hmm, know, mm-hmm. why'd you move so much? I don't know, because I like moving. Mm-hmm. They were like, All right, we'll give you the job
1: mm-hmm.
0: about damn time.
1: No, did you, now, Ashley, did you, now, your academy, do you stay there?
0: No, 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 no. It's, like, a Monday through Friday thing. Okay. It's, yeah, I think, really, the only academy that's like that, where you live there and stuff, is going to be the state police here,
1: which, their academy
0: is way harder than ours. I -hmm. think it goes, like, in my, like, my viewpoint, it goes, Mm -hmm. like, state troopers, then it goes Detroit, and then it goes, like, I guess, all the college academy is underneath that Mm -hmm. i mean detroit's pretty recognizable but we do like um it depends on i guess your tax staff we call them tax staff like tax sergeant okay (laughs) and um i think mine was seven seven to like would be like seven to three seven to four around there it kind of depends hmm that's cool still pretty oh sorry (laughs) would you say I think my phone was just ringing. My bad. Oh, oh,
1: oh. no, no, no. That's okay. So, so Ashley, can you tell us, like, I always like to ask this question. Tell us about, like, one of the most stressful situations you've ever been to pertaining to the
0: job. So, I got your email, right? Mm -hmm. And I was really sitting there and I was thinking about it this morning. And I'm like, oh, how do I pinpoint
1: Mm -hmm.
0: all the crap? Um, As you know, I just had my sergeant die. I have... Mm -hmm you know, shootings and homicides and child abuse. It's like, which one is the worst? Cause they're all stressful, Mm. but I can honestly say the most stressful situation that I've dealt with recently. um, It was a little over a month or two ago. I had a barricaded gunman, which weirdly I have a lot of. Um, And I actually just got my certified for my rifle and everything. So I carry my rifle now on duty. Mm -hmm. i shot better than all the boys in my class by the way (laughs)
1: okay and let me just tell you something that happens a lot boys because i have a really good shot too
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah i shot better than all the guys i was pretty Mm -hmm. proud but um Mm -hmm. so me and my partner were because i have a a permanent partner now um me and him were hunting through the neighborhoods looking for stolen cars which are a lot of like vacant houses and stuff and i found one and I seen it tucked back in this garage and I was like, yes. I was like another one for the day. So we're going back there and it's stripped. It doesn't have an engine. It was a charger and I run the VIN and it comes back stolen. And as soon as I'm sitting in the car, getting ready to call it for a tow, I hear uh, priority one shots fired. And I knew the voice and it was somebody else who worked with me. And my heart just like sank. Cause I've been in that situation where I've had to call that out and I knew who it was. I knew my Sergeant was there and I knew other officers were there and I was like, Holy shit, who got shot? So Mm -hmm. I left the stolen car. We fly over to the location and I pulled up, um, I can't remember the direction of the house, but I know I was on, like if you're looking at the house, I was in the left side of it on the street Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and my Sergeant and their cars were on the right side of the house and I get out and I remember the ride there though. Um, we're trying to get more information. And the officer calls out, uh, the shots fired was actually from somebody coming out of the house, shooting somebody in front of them and then going back in the house.
1: Oh my gosh.
0: And the person who was shot was still out front and we're like, holy shit. And they actually retreated and they didn't fire any shots just yet because the person goes back in the house and that's when they called it out. And I hear them on the radio. They're like, we got one male down, one male down. Um, you know, send everybody, the person's back in the house and they weren't really sure yet who, who that person was. Cause it was at night and there's no streetlights here. And so the whole ride there, I'm grabbing my rifle and I'm grabbing my magazine and I'm sliding it in, racking it in, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I'm just communicating with my partner. I go, when we get there, we're going to pull up to the side of the house. I'm going to take, you know, front point the best I can. Cause he doesn't have a rifle. Mm-hmm. He has um, a shotgun. And that's not really idealistic for this situation. Mm-hmm. And I just remember my heart pounding so hard. Like it was my first day again. Cause I, it's like, when you know, these situations are coming, mm-hmm. you know, it's not going to be good.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like every time I've had something like this, I knew it wasn't going to be good. And they never turn out to be good. Someone dies. Someone gets shot. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Oh, here we go again. So we get there and I ran up to my Sergeant's car, which was in front of me. It was a couple feet in front of me. And everybody is behind the cars. Everyone's looking at the house, screaming on the radio. The helicopter's here now. And as soon as I pull up my rifle, and I'm, I have, like, the perfect shot at the front door. I can see everything. So I call myself basically front point right now. You know, mm-hmm. I, as I'm sitting there, I'm shaking mm-hmm. uncontrollably. Mm-hmm. Because I'm like, today's the day. Like, this is the day I'm going to have to kill somebody. Mm-hmm. And am I ready for this? And I remember like standing there and I see all the other officers from all the other precincts because that's how we do. When mm-hmm. one goes, we all go. And they started communicating with other precincts. We had like, um, all our borders were there. We had people surrounding the whole house. And um, at this point, we were able to have an officer go up, get the person, met it, and then they drove. <laughs> this is the funniest thing. They put him in the scout car and it was a rookie that put him in the car and then took off without his partner to the hospital <laughs> oh boy. he knew he was supposed to do that but his partner didn't she oh. was like where's my partner I'm like they left <laughs> <laughs> the because we couldn't get EMS in there
1: mm. and
0: uh so I'm staying there okay and I I need to get my body cam footage because I'm literally talking to myself I remember my gun feeling so heavy. It's so important to exercise your arms. I'm telling you, Mm. because in situations like this, my gun felt so heavy. So I'm like leaning on the, like the headlight, uh, like the, what is that called? The lamp basically that you turn Mm -hmm. the spotlight. There we
1: go. Mm -hmm. I'm leaning my
0: gun in the spotlight and I'm at the front door and uh, you hear me talking to myself. I'm going, all right. All right, Ross. Today's the day. Mm -hmm. This is the day. I'm Mm -hmm. like, breathe. Stop shaking. I was like, it's okay. Mm -hmm. It's okay. And I'm like talking to myself the whole time. I'm like, do I see anything? What do you see? And I'm hearing everyone on the radio. And all of a sudden, this motherfucker comes out the front door. He mm-hmm. comes out the front door. His hands are half up. And I mean, I have like, I'm on, I'm aimed it. You know what I mean? I'm Obviously. like, yeah. I had a perfect shot. And I'm waiting.
1: Because mm-hmm.
0: I'm waiting for me to see something, for mm-hmm. him to like, just anything. And he puts his hands half up and we're screaming. There has to be like a hundred officers yelling at him to put his hands up. And mm-hmm. he put them down. Mm-hmm. And he's just standing on the front porch, just staring at everybody. And I'm like, what the hell is going on?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And he's just standing there. He's walking back and forth. And then he sits down at the chair on the porch. And then he goes back in the house. Mm-hmm. And the best part was is the officers in the backyard didn't know there was a dog. Mm-hmm.
1: Great. <laughs> what a dog.
0: A dog comes running out, and they tried to hop the fence, and one of them got stuck.
1: <laughs> oh, my God.
0: <laughs> so, it's a shit show right now at this point. You know, mm-hmm. we got 2,400 unseen. You know, the helicopters are watching us. And so, we knew a female came out of the house, and she's in the back of my scout car right now, cuffed in the back of my car. Mm-hmm. We knew who the shooter was. We thought it was a male. It wasn't. We didn't know the whole time, the female's in my car. The male that is inside this house was, I believe, the grandfather. And he didn't give two shits about us. And he didn't want to communicate. So we think, we're thinking the whole time, it's this guy. But we knew there was another child in the house, a 14-year-old girl. Mm -hmm. And we were like, shit. So nobody, obviously, we're not going to shoot the house up. Right. Right. After about, I want to say 10 minutes goes by, the female comes outside, you know, just sheer panic. And um, my sergeant yells for me to stand down and give my rifle to my partner and come with him. Mm -hmm. And the girl comes, you know, walking backwards towards us. I cuff her and she's just hysterical. And it's so funny because I'm so short. She was like 14 and she was way bigger than me. Mm -hmm. And I'm like looking up at her. I'm like, it's okay, honey. Mm -hmm. trying to calm her down she can't even like breathe Mm -hmm. and I have to run her to our SRT team not SRT um basically our tactical team our TSS team Mm -hmm. which is like half a block down the street stage so I'm like screaming for a car to come to me so I can put her in and get her out of the you know the area Mm -hmm. the red zone and I'm like Mm -hmm. running down the street with this little 14 year old in cuffs and then I get her Mm -hmm. in the car and I'm like running back like, it was, like, some shit out of a movie. hmm So, I get back up, and I get my rifle, and at this time, I'm like, oh, my God, this is happening. I'm like, this is the shit you only see in movies. I'm like, holy crap. And then this motherfucker comes back outside with his hands down. I aiming again, then he sits on the front steps. And at this point, my sergeant's trying to negotiate with him. Not even negotiate, but just, like, talk to him. Mm-hmm. You know, my sergeant's standing in front of my car, so I, you know, I'm lower down and he's mm-hmm. like, um, you know, man, step off the porch, step off the porch, and the guy's yelling like, Why should I listen to you guys? And eventually we were able to talk him off the porch and cuff him. Mm-hmm. And um I didn't know who the shooter was until basically on my way to the jail to drop this woman off. We finally got it all figured out because there were so many cops. It was, like, really hard to communicate, especially in the radio, because I'm yelling about the guy with his hands. You got people yelling in the back about a dog. Mm-hmm. And I'm just trying to listen for anyone to yell fire or hold your You know what I mean? Just mm-hmm. And uh, so I'm just taking this lady to jail, and I go to search her at the jail, and she goes, officer, I, um, I, I want to let you know, but I shit myself. And I was like, oh, my God. I was like, when did you do that? She goes, she goes, when you officers came in the house with your gun. I just shit myself. <laughs> just like, I, shit myself. I was like, you've been sitting in it the whole time. Oh. And I told everyone at the jail and they were so mad at me. They were like, oh no. Mm-hmm. But she was so calm.
1: And she was the shooter?
0: From what I know. Oh my goodness. I didn't well- dig more deep into that. I was an assisting you, but, but from what I know. Yeah, But I mean, yeah, I've, like, that situation, like, I've had way more other stressful situations, but something Mm -hmm. about that one stuck with me for so long. Like, that was at, like, the end of the night, too. So I literally Mm -hmm. went back to the precinct, like, everything was normal, and I had to drive home. Mm -hmm. I remember just driving home in silence. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And I was like, I almost killed somebody today. Which, Mm -hmm. you know, I've come close to that, but today felt, it felt different it just yep. felt
1: different. I don't yep. know. And, and so, go, go ahead. ahead.
0: <laughs> <laughs> You're fine. Go right ahead.
1: Well, no, I just, I just wanted to say like that, obviously you do a very good job of depicting that picture in my head. <laughs> Cause I, <laughs> I can like, I feel like I can see it all. <laughs> and, um, and that obviously does sound like an extremely stressful situation. And like what I want society, you know, to know, and I want civilians to understand is, this isn't just, this isn't like once in a career, this isn't like once a year, especially for like where you live, this is like, this happens so often, and what Ashley, you just said, you just said it really like struck a chord with me, as you said, you know, on my ride home, I rode home in silence, and I can't tell you how many times I've had those, you know, you know, rides home in silence off shift, you know, just complete, I need silence because there's so much going on in my head right now, or you know, I just kind of need to be numb for a minute and like, and just, you know, numb the pain or like whatever I just saw and like what the the feelings I just had. And and I just want all the officers listening to this, like, I know that you've had that, or if you're a rookie, you will have this. And, you know, Mm -hmm. the biggest takeaway from this conversation that I want you to have is that you are normal. It is so normal to have that. And it's so normal. Like Ashley said, she's like, I was shaking. Well, I, I can tell you this, sheepdog nation, like, because you shake, it doesn't make you weak. It doesn't make you, you know, any less of a cop. Like I shook, like there was, there were so many hot calls that I had to deal with that. Like, you know, I had gun my gun out. And like, I definitely thought I was, I really was hundred percent convinced like, this is it. And I'm shaking because I'm like, just like Ashley, like, this is it. Holy cow. Like, I really don't want to do this. I know I signed up to do this. Like, I know that I can, but damn it, I don't want to, like, I don't want to, don't make me do this, you know?
0: And that's what it felt like. Yeah. mm
1: -hmm. Yep. Exactly. And like, those are the thoughts, you know, and and those are the thoughts that, you know, we have and, um, but you're just not alone. And so thank you so much, Ashley, for sharing that. Now, one thing I want to ask for you and like, cause I really love to pass this on to other officers or is there something that you do specifically to deal with like the stress that you, you know, like you feel like, oh, especially-
0: yeah. go, ahead. go ahead. So <clears throat> I have two different lives, mm-hmm. you know, I kind of blend them together a little bit on Instagram. So, cause I want people to see the real me. Mm-hmm. Like I was telling you earlier, I don't fake myself online. I'm not a half-assed cop. When I put out there is who I am. Mm-hmm. So when I come home, I take my gear off. I hang it up and I'm me at home, Ashley. I'm mm-hmm. not working Ashley anymore. I, my house is filled with my art. I've been doing, you know, kind of like, I don't want to call it creepy art because it's not creepy to me, Yeah, but to some people it's creepy. I deal like with bones and stuff like that. I make beautiful pieces of work. I come home and I listen to Fleet Macwood and I light all <laughs> my candles and take my crystal baths and I watch my horror movies it's like I when I come home I indulge in the things that I love and the things that make me me Mm -hmm. and I use that to kind of separate those two worlds and that's how I manage to stay sane basically
1: Mm, and Um, I love this I love this I just want to say something really quickly so uh Ashley you just brought up like you know you you have like your own kind of spirituality, whatever it is. Like, and I think as officers, like we all need to have our own kind of spirituality and I don't care what it is, whether you believe in God or whether you believe in the universe or whatever you believe in, you know, have something that you do. You know, you just said you like to take crystal baths. I do too. I'm very big. I tell my, I tell Sheepdog Nation all the time, meditate. I talk to angels. Like, and when I was you know, when I was on the road, I did, and I would talk, and I would tell all the guys I worked with, and they would all look at me like I was a loony, and I am a loony, but I'd be like, listen, <laughs> you need to take your angels on this call. Call an Archangel Michael, and that's Saint Michael for a lot of you. Um, and I'm like, call an Archangel Michael. Like, we need to do this. And like, I always, in my pocket, I always had crystal. I always had a crystal in my pocket. Like, and you, and you need it, those things. And like what you said is so key and dog nation, I'm underlining this and like exclamation, exclamation marking (laughs) this because she actually just said, I do the things that make me, me. And this is the thing is that so many times, and I'm speaking from my own personal experience. I'm speaking from taking, you know, my clients who are officers, you know, and on the life coaching calls that we have, um, and just what I've seen in general is so many times we lose ourselves completely to this job. It just takes us over. We completely lose our identity. It's I'm no longer autumn. I am officer autumn and that is it, you know, and, and here's the thing, social media doesn't fucking help that. And like, that's nope. what I lo- And that's what I love about you, Ashley. And that's really what drew me to you. Um, is that, you, you know, it, you are eclectic. It's not all about you being a cop. You know, it's, it's, all these other things, which is that's me, and I love that because there's so much more to me, you know, than than just law enforcement. You know what I mean? There's so much and and so much more to you, and so much more to every officer, you know, listening to this. There's so much more to us, and so, um, you know, thank you for sharing that, and it's it's so huge and so sheepdog nation, pay attention to that and like sit down. This is a really good time for you to you know even just hit the pause button and just take like sit down and like take an evaluation right now and be like, okay, what are the things I'm doing that are me? And like, what are the things I'm doing because I'm a cop or like, I think I need to be doing, or, you know, I just get in the habit of doing and like, I'm doing things without thinking, you know, it's a really good time to sit down and figure that out because I'm going to tell you this right now, especially if you're, you know, if you have a partner and Ashley, I'm sure you can contest to this. Your partner's going to love you a hell of a lot more when you stay true (laughs) to who you are, you know? Yep. Cause that's who they sign up for. They sign up for, you know, like your spouse actually signed up for Ashley. You know, I know Adam, my husband, he signed up for autumn. He did not sign up for officer autumn, you know, and yours either. Like that's who they sign up for. So. Exactly. I think that's going to diminish a lot of problems. So thank you for saying that. And, um, and do you have any advice that you would give to rookies?
0: Yeah, I have a couple things and I'm going to speak from experience too. so kind of just backtracking on what you said and what we were talking about um, they emphasize that in our academy big time Mm -hmm. like that in communication with your family and spouse so cops have like a huge divorce rate it's about 80% I believe Mm -hmm. Um, I've seen it firsthand I've seen what it does to people as you know Mm -hmm. my cat's lighting the phone stop (laughs) 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 I've seen it firsthand and it's heartbreaking when you get lost in the job, you know, you got to take the time to recoup. You know, when you first start off, you're all about like, yeah, you're excited. You know, I call it that, that one SpongeBob meme where he's all shiny <laughs> and he looks mm-hmm. like a brand new sponge. That's a mm-hmm. rookie and I'm Squidward.
1: <laughs> <laughs> True. I love this analogy.
0: Yeah. So that's what I look at it. <laughs> And that's okay to be happy and it's okay to be excited because that's the job. Don't let anyone take that from you. But at the same time, take some time in between your runs. Really let what happened soaked in, you know, learn from what you just did. Take the time, whether you got to write it down in a book somewhere or even talk about it with another officer, you know, share your experiences, but also don't be consumed by them. You know, slow down everybody gets out here and they want to go so fast. They want to go, 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 go. You know, I'm still kind of like that, but my partner has to remind me, slow down. You know, mm-hmm. these people are still going to be here. We're still going to be here. Your safety is so important in this job. And when it comes to safety, communication falls in line with that. You know, my partner, whenever we get enough argument or a fight, or when I have to cause another officer out, Mm -hmm. it's always about safety and communication and communication is the other half of that. You have to communicate on the job and at home with your family. Okay. The shit you're going to go through is hard. This job isn't meant for everybody. If it was, everybody would be doing it. This job is meant for the strongest. And that's what it means to be a sheepdog. I'll throw that one in there. Mm -hmm. You know, The strongest, the ones that are willing to put their feelings aside, you know, their thoughts aside to protect society and, you know, everybody in it, but you can't go through the hardship and then keep it all in. So when you're new, talk about it. You know, it doesn't got to be like the center of attention with your family all the time, but tell someone what you dealt with, man. Mm -hmm. I come home and I've cried. I'll be the first to admit it. I've seen male officers cry in front of me. Mm -hmm. Okay. Shit's hard, and it's not always going to be the big things that are hard for you. It's going to be the little things, Mm -hmm. the little decisions you have to make that you're going to learn from. Tell somebody about it. If you keep it in, it's going to fuck you up. You're going to have nightmares. You're not going to eat right. You're not going to sleep right. You're going to feel like crap, and you can't do your job right. Mm -hmm. It's going to affect every part of your life, you know, and kind of tying into that with the whole nightmare thing. Mm-hmm. rookies you're gonna have them it's normal okay it's very normal I had them. my partner has them. you know they're not as bad as when I first started but you're gonna have the anxiety of like if I ever get shot or might. you're gonna have the dreams constantly when you're trying to shoot somebody and you're or shoot something and your gun doesn't work it's like a wet noodle
1: Mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> the
0: bullets are so small they're like little BBs.
1: <laughs> man I tell you those cop dreams they're they're real they happen they happen all the time. All you the know time. What?
0: They happen less when you talk about what you're going through. True. Yep. So yep. communicate, it's- safety, Um, slow down. Okay. Slow the fuck down, please, for Christ's sakes. I just had five new people just start mm-hmm. like two weeks ago. Yep. I feel like a mom all over again. They split yep. me and my partner up. So I'm like, I'm working with new people who are fresh out and I'm just like, slow down. Yep. <laughs> please. You guys are killing me. <laughs>
1: yep. Yep. It's true. I love that. I really love that the slowing the down, and it's in in so so on another episode, if we um we interviewed Mark Divine, actually, and he is the author of um the unbeatable Mind, and he's um the founder of Seal Fit, actually, I don't know if you've ever heard of him, but yeah,
0: um,
1: yeah, so he, his book is unbelievable, and he talks about slowing the mind down and what he recommends, and this is just so simple. And even um, Lieutenant Colonel David Grossman, um, he recommended this too, is it's the tactical breathing and the box breathing. And it's shit you can mm-hmm. do while, like all the time, like you just get on, you know, you just go um, what we call 10-8, but you go in service, you know, right on shift. And, you know, you, you know, you just breathe for a minute and then throughout your day and like you breathe and you be in the moment, be present. And that's going to slow everything down. It's it's when we try to get ahead of ourselves because you know, as officers, you know, we have to multitask and we think we, you know, we got to do all these things and be all these places. But the thing is, Sheepdog Nation, and I'm not saying that we don't, I'm not saying that we don't have to multitask to some extent and we have to do it in pretty scary (laughs) ways. And I understand (laughs) that, but we also want to be completely where we're at too, right? Like when we're dealing with these calls and we're dealing with these people, like we want to be fully there for them. And the yeah. only way we're going to be able to do that is like what Ashley's saying is like slow down and you don't, you don't need to be at the next call in your head and how you're going to handle it. You know, you need to you be, be
0: you robot. Head.
1: Exactly. Yeah. We need less robots in law enforcement, you know, mm-hmm. good. Um, Ashley, do you have anything else to um, leave Sheepdog Nation with before we um, go? We end this
0: yeah i just wanted to say a few things kind of about my city and my job in general Mm -hmm. um so i know we talked about some stressful things Mm -hmm. and a lot of um a lot of the bad i did want everyone to know there's a lot of good so Mm -hmm. i know a lot of females out there go females Mm -hmm. um (laughs) i get more messages from females than anything it's crazy i think my majority of my following base is males but the females men always are the ones that reach out to me i love that and it's the opposite for me (laughs) been thinking about coming to detroit you know it's a great city to work for
1: mm.
0: i experienced so much and i've learned so much you could i could probably go anywhere right now and no not i feel like i'm talking shit and boosting my own ego but i feel like i would know how to do more things than yeah and it's a good thing though it's not a bad thing not saying you know i'm better Mm -hmm. But what I am saying is the experience here. Experience is phenomenal. Mm -hmm. I Sometimes I feel invincible, even though I'm not. I'm like, I can do it. Mm Because I just like, you could throw me in a shooting scene and I could just do everything myself. I'm like, I got it. I'll talk to everyone. I'll knock on doors. I'll call Mm -hmm. the Emmy. Like, I just Mm -hmm. know how to do it all. I'm like, is this person breathing? (laughs) Mm -hmm. uh, But at the same time, we have so much good going on. So Dan Gilbert, as you know, has been buying everything. Which is a good thing. So we've actually started tearing down the vacant houses. Mm-hmm. Um, most people, when they think of Detroit, they think of, like, uh, the rundown homes, which it's true. It's what, what you see in the pictures is what it looks like. Mm-hmm. That's on the outside, though. The inside has been rebuilt. Um, the city is phenomenal. We've opened, like, 200 restaurants. I mean, the crime rate downtown has gone down so much since our mm-hmm. Greenlight Project too. Mm-hmm. We have torn down so many vacant houses and they're still coming down.
1: Mm. And
0: when I say vacant house, I mean like houses with no stairs, flooded basements, the kind of places that are shady where sometimes somebody might end up. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Every time I drive through my precinct, there's another house gone. And it's Mm -hmm. good. There are houses that can't be saved. And the ones that can be, people are starting to buy them Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and rent them and fix them up. So our crime rate has been going up and down. Um, we were number one for a hot minute this year and then I think we dropped again and we've been doing a lot of proactive stuff in the community our ceasefire teams um, which really help working with people who are struggling with gang violence we have that going on we have so many outreach programs now Mm -hmm. like um, our domestic violence lady at our precinct is phenomenal anytime which is a lot I do with domestic violence I'm sending people to her and she helps them like get new houses, cars, jobs, clothes for their kids. I mean, so we have a lot of bad going on, but we're being productive with it. Mm -hmm. We are coming up with new ways, new things. And the best part about working for Detroit is you can do all those things within your first year on the job. Mm -hmm. So we have like the wheel programs, um, the detective unit where you can go for like 90 days and try it out. You can go to special apps for 90 days. If they like you, you can stay. I mean, you can go anywhere you want. And the opportunity is it's, there's no limit to it here. And that's why I like working where I do. Absolutely. That's pretty much it. I just wanted to highlight some of the good stuff because I don't want people to think it's all bad. It's not all bad. It's pretty bad. (laughs) Like, <laughs> I don't know else how to explain it. Like, cops, it's really bad. Civilians, it's not that bad, I promise mm-hmm. you. <laughs> mm-hmm. you. guys don't have to see it. Um, right. Mm-hmm. And it's for people like us. People like us who fight in the dark.
1: That's right. And it, it's, and it probably caters a lot to the people who actually want to get out there and, you know, get into the shit. I mean, like they say, you know, um, being a police officer, you've got the front row ticket to the best show in life, you know, oh, and probably... Gosh you know, working in a city like that, you definitely, you know, and just like you said too, that we had, you know, in Maine um, where I started, you know, my agency due to the um, lack of resources and lack of officers, um, I took more calls for service um, than any other officer would take like in their shifts and like when they were working. And so like the experience I got, which obviously it's not Detroit, Michigan, but I mean, the experience I got um, comparatively, just like what you're saying, um, was definitely, it really helped me in my career. And so when I, um, switched and I transferred, um, I moved a couple hours down South, like the things that I knew and had handled, um, you know, veteran officers were like, just kind of getting the hang of things where I was like, no, like, I know how to handle this. I take three, three domestic violence calls and arrests and one shift. Like, I know what that's like, you know? And so that's obviously like what you're saying, which is excellent. So if we have any, you know, people looking to get in, um, it sounds like Detroit, Michigan would be a lot of fun. You'd see a lot of stuff. You can
0: have tattoos too. That's
1: badass.
0: (laughs) Oh my gosh. You can see I got my hands tatted.
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm Mm -hmm. sure
0: (laughs) not everyone agrees with it. I know a lot of other places are like, you can't have that. But as long as they're not gang related or anything crazy, you're good to go. Mm -hmm. I'm an artist. I believe in the art. I have my own art on my body. Mm-hmm. And so I love it. Detroit is so supportive of us as well. I love um, that. Yeah, especially females. We need more female officers. Yes, hit we do. Up, hit me up. I will do everything I can to help you guys out if you're here in Michigan and you're thinking about it. Mm, Whether it's with Detroit or anywhere else, I have a lot of people I can talk to you. We can find a perfect fit for you.
1: Yep. Absolutely. I, I do. I know I couldn't agree more. (laughs) We need a lot more squared away female officers uh, in the job. So Ashley, thank you so much for being here. We totally appreciate it. This is an excellent, excellent um, episode. People are going to get a lot out of this. And um, again, Sheepdog Nation, you can follow Ashley on her Instagram. She's very active. Um, It's at officerrosegold on Instagram. Thank you again, Ashley.
0: No problem. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it.
1: Yeah. I'm always about having squared away, you know, officers on the show. We need more. (laughs) And that was another episode of Ship Dog Nation. If you enjoyed this podcast, please go to iTunes and let us know by giving us a rating. If you have questions that you want answered by autumn in the podcast, submit
0: it by going to the link in the show notes. As always, stay safe and watch your six.